the latest salvo in the Kevin Durant versus Brooklyn Nets saga has been uh, has been cast. And what does it all mean for uh, Kevin Durant, the Nets, and the Phoenix Suns? Checking in with us, our very own Kellen Olson, who joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Ko, how are you, man? Some guys doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, we were waiting for something to happen, and then we get the report from Shams the other day that uh, Kevin Durant gave the ultimatum of all ultimatums: two heads have got to roll, or you trade me. Um, do you think the way Kevin Durant's side played that increases his chances of getting traded uh, overall, increases his chances of getting traded to the Suns, or how do you think it uh, it, it all shakes out? Yeah, I think it increases his chances of, of getting traded. I just wonder how that initial conversation went on the day that free agency was going to get started or, or the day before, whenever it was, exactly when the meeting took place that Kevin Durant requested a trade. I, I just wonder what the terminology was, how the talks went exactly, and what exactly changed, if anything, from then until now, and, and if there was a a tonal change that was required from Kevin Durant, because the way that we can interpret Sham Shania's reports from then until now is that there was that kind of tonal change, which was a, a lot more severe this time. And, of course, Dan wrote this uh, story on ArizonaSports.com last night that is kind of wondering – uh, wisely so, like, okay, is Kevin Durant willing to go a step further here if we still kind of sit around and wait, and more specifically with Phoenix, is he willing to sort of say that he'll sit out for something like training camp and then specifically kind of try and force his way to a specific uh, team? Because, of course, the Suns were mentioned in Shams' story, but I think all of us are here not believing that that means the Suns are out of it, and we all know that all of the reporting the last month has led us to believe that the Suns are his preferred destination right now, and I don't see why that uh, would have changed. Yeah, no doubt about it, and yet there seems to be a conflict of, of head and heart versus run it back with this crew that we've fallen in love with versus just the just the, the stardust of being able to watch a super team like that. Uh, where, do, where do you lay on that? Are you still firmly in, hey, it's Kevin Durant, you choose Kevin Durant? Yeah, for sure, Dan. And honestly, beyond that, I still think this is a team that needs a shakeup in some type of way. Shakeup is an aggressive way to put it, but I do think that they need to add a significant piece or add someone who is really going to factor into their rotation going forward. I think that if this team does run it back, quote-unquote, to some extent next season, there's no reason to believe that they won't run into the same problems that eliminated them from the playoffs the last two seasons. I believe that continuity is a huge strength for this team and is going to continue to be next year, even if they make a a trade of this scale where they give up three, four really significant players as a part of their rotation, like continuity is still going to be a strength for this team. And if they don't make a trade like this, it's obviously going to be even bigger for them. But with all that being said, I just think the way that they ran into problems offensively in the last two times they were eliminated by the Bucks and the Mavericks. They just had limited options offensively. And look, DeAndre could take a huge step forward or two next season. So could Mikel Bridges. But if those guys don't, they're going to just kind of run into the same problems offensively. And it's going to be asking a lot out of Devin Booker and then asking a lot out of Chris Paul. And that's just where I would have the same sort of hesitations kind of naturally build up. And you look at the way that their season ended as well. It looks like a team that could use some changes. I think a lot of us thought that that was going to just kind of come naturally with DeAndre Ayton leaving to go somewhere else and being involved in a sign trade, but that didn't happen either. So it's it's kind of strange how all of this is kind of compounded on top of each other to not really add to anything significant happening yet, but uh, we're still stuck here saying yet a, a month later and, and probably six weeks later and so on, to be honest. 
Kellen Olsen, our guest, as we talk basketball, basketball here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Um, Joe Sy responded pretty quickly after the news broke with his tweet that we'll operate in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets, which doesn't mean necessarily that he will acquiesce to Kevin Durant's uh, trade request. Uh, how much pressure do you think Joe Sy and the Brooklyn Nets are getting from, from from around the league? Hey, don't do either one of these things. Call Kevin Durant's bluff. How much do you think is that that exists right now? That's an interesting way to, to think about it, Vince. I, I think that Brooklyn is in such a difficult position for a couple of different reasons, but it's also the situation that they – I don't know. I was about to say it's a situation that they created, but I think if all of us were thrown a team with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on and said, hey, yes or no, uh, you'd probably say yes. And I think every, nearly every team in the league, if not every single team in the league, would have taken the spot that they were in. I think the thing that everything forgets, everyone forgets about the position that they were in is that we were talking about those really encouraging Brooklyn teams with Spencer Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell and just how with Sean Marks, with Kenny Atkinson, they were sort of building – this thing that looked really promising for the future. And then again, like they made that choice to kind of bail on everything and go behind Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, like so many teams, if not every team in the league would have chosen to do. And and now they don't even have to, I feel like salvage is too big of a word to even describe what's going on right now. I don't think you can salvage this. I, I think it's just about getting the most that you can. So again, I don't, I don't really think that Brooklyn is in the wrong position here to kind of sit around and wait for something bigger to come because obviously it hasn't come yet. Now, are their expectations too high? Of course. Are our teams offering for Kevin Durant? Are they offering too little? Of course. Like there's a middle ground that needs to be found yet. And it's just not there yet. I, I really just didn't believe uh, a five, six weeks ago that the biggest player in, in a quote unquote Kevin Durant trade would be someone like OG Ananobi or Mikael yeah. Bridges or, yeah. or, or someone like right. that. It feels like there's a star name that has to kind of be involved in there. Right. And we're just kind of, waiting to see if that name is going to come up somewhere here. And and to date, the only thing remotely looking like a star would be Jalen Brown, and we don't know if Kevin Durant would want to go to Boston. What do your instincts tell you um, Kevin Durant is going to do in terms of whether or not relenting on his wish list or or, or digging in further? I, I think it's less about relenting on his wish list and just finding the basketball fits that sort of make the most sense. And that's where I think Miami and Phoenix just made a lot of sense logistically, but also just in terms of where he would feel the best from, from a basketball perspective. I, I think that's sort of the the game that we've uh, tried to avoid playing, but have had to inevitably is kind of looking at the Kevin Durant thing and saying, Oh, Kevin Durant loves basketball. He loves the hoop. He would never sit out or anything like that. I don't think we can operate under any sort of thought process like that, especially after we saw what we saw this week, because any way you spin it as big of a fan of Kevin Durant as I am. And a lot of people are around the league. You can't look at that and just say like, Oh, well, you know, that's business as usual. No, that was pretty ugly. Like, to, to, to make it an ultimatum, them or me, with the GM and the head coach, uh, it, it wasn't pretty at all. And you just wonder what other, um, for, for lack of a better word, like games that, that Kevin Durant and his team are willing to play in order to get what he wants, which is obviously not to be in Brooklyn anymore. Kellett Olsen, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Let's just uh, operate under the assumption that the Kevin Durant trade does not happen uh, this summer to the Phoenix Suns, and they are in position to quote-unquote run it back. But you talked about it. They need uh, an infusion of something. A lot of people have talked about the backup point guard spot upgrading over over Cameron Payne. What, what can you expect? What do you expect the Suns to do if the Durant thing falls through in terms of upgrading this roster? 
Yeah, I'm not sure in terms of expectations for me, Vince. They definitely have changed over a month just because of how much change for them in free agency and potentially on on the trade market in the last month. But yeah, those were two things that I addressed before the offseason started. Is his backup point guard campaign was one of the two or three best backup point guards in the league two years ago. But last year, that position was just so inconsistent for them, and Payne's play in particular was so inconsistent that they had to make changes in the playoffs. Remember, mm-hmm. Landry Shamit was bringing the ball up in, in a game, in a couple of games in Dallas, and that was something we didn't see the, the whole season. But yeah. Monty Williams right. kind of had to try and change something and, and take a different direction there. And, and I just think they need more, more offensive threats. I've talked about the fourth spot a lot, and, and I think that that more comes down to the Suns failing Jay Crowder than Jay Crowder failing them, if that makes sense. Like, we're all, we're all smarty. We, we know that you're not going to ask Jay Crowder to do more offensively next year because you need more because that's not Jay's game. But at the same time, they do need a bit of an offensive punch from somewhere else, and that's the position on the court you look at more than any other one that they could add someone. Now, Kevin Durant is the best potential guy you could add there out of anyone in the league, of course, but you could downscale a bit and look at someone else you could acquire for an unprotected pick or two that could add a little bit more of something there. And again, Jay is a really important part of this team. Mikel is a huge, huge part of this team, so you can't underlie or underrate really how much those two mean to them on both ends of the court. But with that being said, it just feels like sacrificing a bit of that cohesion and continuity that they have for a bit more offense is something that they're going to need or they might run into the same problems they did the last two years. Khaled, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate you joining us this morning.